Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome to the Fashion Lab, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. My name is Liz Ogumba Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, on today's show, we are back to dissect the conversation around the rise of pop-up economy. Now, while some brands slip away, others emerge, breaking into new markets, sort of filling the vacuum left by those departing, how best to break into new markets? So Ray Hatjen, Director of Marketing at Retail Next, insists that when done properly, pop-up shops never, never disappoint. They actually deliver long-lasting, long-term brand experiences, and they afford the opportunity to engage potential customers in a manner that leaves a lasting impression. I don't know what you guys think about that. You can yay or you can nay. But I'll tell you right now that pop-up shops are about 80% less expensive than traditional physical retail outlets. So capitalizing on the growing desire to find and share unique experiences, they sort of also provide a way for brands to build a relationship with customers in person while driving awareness, adoption, conversion on a very cost-effective digital sort of platform. According to a Forbes article by Jenna Wang on the rise of the pop-up economy, the real estate industry has experienced a proliferation of ultra-short-term leases for everything from offices to art museums, with consumers increasingly adverse to own sort of things or commit their dollars in the long term. Now, it's valued at $50 million. This is valued at $50 million by research firm Retail Next. It applies to virtually every industry from traditional retail to art museums, celebrity merchandise to online mattress companies. I mean, the list just goes on. So in a time where young people crave increasingly novel experiences, business have sort of shifted their budgets from traditional advertising to brand activation efforts. You sort of combine that with a changing landscape from brick and mortar retail and then the potential for experiential retail among, you know, all of these online giants. And then you have the perfect environment for the pop-up economy to actually flourish i mean giants like amazon target are all participating in the pop-up store quiz i mean like how how bad how bad can it be why has it seen such an explosive uh, growth i wonder um i want to uh, take a quick music break and we'll be right back to actually unpack this conversation around the pop-up economy and uh yes welcome to fashion lab this is Fashion Lab Radio that you were tuned in, and this is the show that dissects the business behind fashion. We actually, uh, we say of, in French, you say depuis uh, 2014. That means de, since 2014, we've been uh, moving, we've been shaking. We are the first fashion radio show to go live, not just in Africa, but the world. And uh, I don't know what else is going on out there because I don't research because I spend more time researching our topics and what we're about to discuss on Fashion Lab. That I don't know who's actually caught up with us. But before getting into deep in today's topic, allow me to introduce our contributors who bring this show to life. Uh, Definitely, they've got some interesting insights. And uh, we've got Edgy Benson um, in the house who also runs NU in New York, City Junk. You know, you've had the story around City Junk. Echoes from New York. This is the same man, is the main man, Edgy Benson. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. Welcome you? to you too. Well, thank for being you. Being on the on the show with us. I'm, I know. I'm nobody ever I'm welcomes just... me even to the show. No, nah, you are, you what are I'm wearing. welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm, we're gonna throw all of those at you today. <laughs> <laughs> Edgy, don't confuse me. Who are you wearing and who made your clothes? That's what I wanna know. <laughs> Today, I back to my diesel pants. 
uh, I can't really cut away from diesel too long, even though I have my own denim brand, and I have a City Junk t-shirt on today. So I split my loyalties today. <laughs> well, Diesel, if you're listening, I will not. I think I'll send you guys a podcast and then I'll do a track or an album and then like maybe we can go come back and talk about this again. I'm tired of talking about this Diesel jeans. But anyway, Edgy, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. We are also joined by our contributor and fashion expert, Francisca Mazzini from Lisbon with her echoes from Europe. Welcome to the show, Francisca. Hello Leeds, hello everyone. Um, today it looks like uh, summer started. Despite September, there are uh, in Lisbon there are uh, 35 degrees, and uh, this is uh, the reason why I'm wearing a long-sleeved tunic in uh, 100 finest linen to protect uh, myself from the sun, but at the same time to breathe and uh, to keep the fresh sensation that linen gives. Made by me. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a sample. <laughs> Lastly, we're also joined in studio by our, our very own Zakia Bam with our partially new Glamish <laughs> <Blabbish> segment. <laughs> I promise I will not call it brand new because it is not brand. Brand is brand new, but this is partially new. Uh, she's the one who brings uh, all the tips and tricks and what she also does regularly is drop me off. Every time she pops into my showroom, <laughs> she drops me off some kombucha. Maybe that's why I'm good. God knows. <laughs> Welcome to I the want show, some. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Who are you wearing and who made your clothes? Uh, thanks, Liz. I'm wearing today a three-quarter denim Zara skirt with a <laughs> with a <laughs> with an off-shoulder <laughs> army cotton-on t-shirt. Just you look stunning. I've never seen you in a skirt before. I always wear skirts, Liz. <laughs> I always wear skirts. I told you it's just because I've been cleaning out my closet. I've been. Zakia, maybe yes. you wear cl- skirts when you're hanging out with your girlfriends. No, and no. It's not me, definitely. And how are you, Liz? What are you wearing today? Oh, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> today, <laughs> fabulously, I am wearing a beautiful maxi. It's a belt-knit maxi. It's a very easy way of being sophisticated, being chic, effortlessly. Uh, my mom taught us how to wear maxis. So we, I wear my. I've got like, I've got like, I probably have about maybe 50 or 60 maxi dresses and skirts because there's something so elegant and so sophisticated about it in such a subtle way and that's who I am guys if you didn't know me I know you think I'm so loud and you think I'm so crazy but honey I am the maxi girl but Liz you know you make everything elegant so thank you except yes, those the boots ma- except the, the boots that are gonna you. cause you to kill me but yes thank you <laughs> trust me when I get those boots on they're gonna go. when I get them on you they're gonna fly I will be dead but I will be dead <laughs> alright yeah. well thank but I'll sell a lot of boots okay well thank you <laughs> what you're gonna put me in the casket and expose them and say hi Edgy you know what I'm only allowing you but Die you're gonna have to cha- yes you're going to have to put them on and then leave them on for 10 minutes and then take them off and let them put on my real style boots. You know how my boots look, right? Yes, so I know. So I'm, I'm working on those too, just for you. So if I die before you, you do that, okay? Tell them it's 10 yeah. minutes. It may not be on my wheel because I might forget. <laughs> just tell them to refer to this conversation on this day. <laughs> she can only be Fashion in them Lab for 10 archive. Minutes, guys. <laughs> anyway. 10 minutes, <laughs> guys, no more. Listen, leave this edgy alone. Stay tuned, guys. Catch up with our wine style guide as we go on through the show. That's where we touch base around everything stylish about wine and style. 
And uh, a quick reminder is the Who Would You Want to Dress, which is my favorite segment, will also be up last. And uh, you're free. You can feel free to share your who's, your why's. That is our glass of red wine. That's the final one. Uh, keep your tweets coming. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. And we are on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And we definitely want to hear from you. It's not a joke. It's real. But anyway, we will be right back after this music break. You are listening to Fashion Lab Radio, uh, where we hold it down every Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. Central African time. We come to you live and direct, but we are also on podcast. If you miss it or if you catch this halfway and you want to figure out what we started talking about, you know where to find us. Uh, we are on fashionlabafrica.com. Now, let's talk about the millennials who are actually... <laughs> this millennials, their annual spending is projected to reach $1.4 trillion and account for 30% of total retail sales by 2020. This is also gravitating towards experiences. They're also transforming the shopping behaviors of previous generations, so there's no doubt uh, this is definitely partially driven by the influence of social media and the share-like culture that it's sort of also created. Now, it's reflected in total consumer spending. Spending on clothing has declined by 20% this century, while spending on travel, hotels, restaurants, bars is definitely growing rapidly in some cases, which is also sort of setting the records. Now, the influence of social media and shift of consumer attention to experiences over sort of ownership has also certainly sort of had a significant impact on the way brands market and sell their products. So, guys, it's interesting to see how the play is and, you know, what's happening, the elements and the different elements that sort of also influence or, um, uh, yeah, I think more that more like influence um, the rise of the pop-up economy. Now, let's roll over to Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. Echoes from New York on Fashion Lab Africa with Edgy Benson. Edgy, uh, take us over with your Echoes and let's talk about, or let's sort of unpack um, this uh, rise of pop-up economy, pop-up shops, uh, according to your Echoes. I think just like you said about in the research, how experience is taking over ownership, it's... it's so I think the, the growth of pop-ups is about, because they, they present, they offer this really visceral experience, visceral interaction between the, the, the product, the designer and the customer, right? And now shopping is all about experiences. Um, and so re all retail was lacking in that space where, and also all retails struggle with convenience, you know? So with, the convenience factor and then the experience factor together fighting against all retail you always saw that it was going to struggle and pop-ups are in a sense they are not super new they are in some way a, 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 um, <clears throat> a, a residue of of all retail but they are more experience laden you know they are more experience driven and there's no permanency for both the designer in terms of cost and for for the buyer, for the consumer, it's one of these fleeting experiences that are that are invigorating. A lot less than just going into a store, you know what's going to be there. Pop-ups allow a brand to be fresh for one in one corner of the street mm -hmm. for one week, and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. I know, and we always lost after things that we can't. Mm -hmm. That that's kind of lack permanency, you know. So I think that's where. 
the purpose, I think, are just a reflection of where retail is, a reflection of where our op- our own personal leanings are now. We're more, more towards having experiencing something. Even with buying cars here now, people are more likely to 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 rent a car uh, than buy one because they're you know they're zip car. You can just rent a car, drop it somewhere, and leave. And I think we're experiencing that with with retail and the pop up uh, helping in a sense to kind of keep retail tagging along with our evolving um, changes in the way that we shop. But one one important thing though, I do think that pop ups in some way are they are re they are re they are revolutionizing retail. They're revolutionizing the, the, the actual underground store. They may like permanency, but there's something about them that a new retail, that, that an actual retail store can do. And you're beginning to see that where turnovers in retail stores are really quick now. Maybe two to three months, something is out, you know? It's not, something doesn't stay long anymore because what the pop-ups give you is that that fleeting experience. And I think, the, the, the on, underground retail is beginning to catch up to that too. Because I don't think underground retail dies. It doesn't die. It just, it has to adapt to to how we are shopping now. Pop-ups are just one way that stores are adapting, you know? Uh, that's, that's the way I feel. I don't think that pop-ups are particularly new. They are not new. They are not a new phenomenon. They're just, um, now they are taking a new, a whole new, uh, image because everything is virtual um, and and to be honest with you if the pop-ups disappear and everything goes virtual we would miss it you know I think people deep down still want to go to the mall the deep down still want to have that experience of sitting and trying your shoes you know just click and buy them and pop-ups are helping you know keep that going can I just say, now for those of you who are wondering what we are talking about, <laughs> let me simplify this to you. You know that guy who you kind of like, you know, and you kind of see him? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, you know, he, he keeps passing down the street, but he, he says hi sometimes, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he's on his phone, sometimes he's walking with someone else who you really don't want him to walk with. And you, you like him, but you, you know, it just hasn't happened where you haven't said anything yet. But the fact that he's just so not easy to ground, he's not your husband, he's not your, <laughs> it's not your boyfriend. You can't just say, hi, Peter, are you home? Stay there, I'm coming. <laughs> because of the fact that he's hard to, 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 to grasp or he's hard to, it's hard to contain him. It becomes, a, it brings excitement. And what happens is you find yourself just like, oh my God, I wonder what, let me, you know, you're probably sitting on the stair on the corner or in the library or in the cafe, always looking because you know around what time is going to pass by. And it doesn't mean you're going to have access to him. So that guy, we're going to call him Tyrone, okay? And that Tyrone is the pop-up shop. Guys, for those of you who are confused, (laughs) this is the simplest way to (laughs) share it. Now, Tyrone is the pop-up shop. John, your boyfriend, is the the brick and mortar, okay? <laughs> John, your boyfriend or your husband, is the brick and mortar. And uh, and then you're there. And then what's funny is you actually prefer not to go to the, brick, to, the, to the John, which is the brick and mortar. And you start finding yourself just sort of drowning and thinking, gosh, it's so fascinating 
to see Peter. Peter is the pop-up shop, guys. So the pop-up shop comes and goes, you know, and it leaves you hanging and drooling and you're like, damn, when am I going to see him again or her again? And then on the flip side, John is just there anyway. That's the brick and mortar. <laughs> so in a nutshell, Edgy, did I do a good job at just trying to... You did. It's, it's a really good... <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's a pretty good um, way to put it. Yeah, it's a very good analogy, to yeah. be honest. I think there's an excitement about the idea of something <laughs> yes. moving, something popping up. It's fresh, it's different. You can't find this thing again. It's probably 10 of each things or it's... It's just like puts you on your toes. And because we are living in such a time where our concentration span is just disgusting. I don't know what it is anymore. The cool thing about it now is that before the smaller brands did it to struggle to find a way to be seen, but now the big brands are doing it. Uh, Vuitton did their, 20, their pre-fall, you know, their resort 2020 with the Virgil Abloh uh, men's collection. They actually popped. They did, it, they did a pop a pop up with it, and that which was more, is huge. And that was more yeah. uh, sort of tantalizing to the senses of those who are like, okay, this just it feels like a, what do you call it? It's like a it's like a, a mystery or like a, I don't know what it is. But the way, I mean, there's just a novelty about yes, it. You know, there's like, something about it. And I think especially that especially for the big brands. Yes, and I think that you know, you know, I even look and say when I go to eat, I want to experience because I'm a foodie and I love food and I want to go out maybe i go out with my husband or with whoever and we sit down and i want to eat and when i want to eat you can't rush me because i'm like otherwise i'm not eating like i haven't even had dinner tonight well okay besides the point i need to experience things i'm a person who's so when i'm doing something because i am that person i get into it i like to get into things now you find that a lot of restaurants like even on fourth now if i want to go sit down on fourth which is one of our cool streets in joba for those who don't know is I find that if majority, I think 80 or 90% of the restaurants have now been set up in a way that you can't even sit and stay too long. You you sit, it's sort of a stool. That means hurry you up, eat your food up. and go. Yeah, you really have to pop. People are popping up in every... In every it's like hurry up, sit and go. So I feel like, um, Edgy, when you're talking and sort of unpacking this um, pop-up sort of uh, novelty or sensation or whatever it is that makes people feel like our shops are no longer i mean like is it are we what's gonna happen to the brick and mortar and i don't know but there's something fascinating or something exciting more exciting around the movement I, I think what happens to the brick and mortar is when you look at the pop-up you see it shows you what's what's going to happen to brick and mortar brick and mortar is going to pop up a bit more brick and mortar is going to adapt some of what makes you want to be in a what makes you like a pop-up idea i think brick and mortar is going to do pop-ups inside pop-ups inside in-store pop-ups a lot more and and brick and mortar is going to be more about the experience and how do you incorporate experience how do you change the buyer experience from old brick and mortar to new retail you know and i think those are things that pop-ups will teach uh, old retail how to do it i think for me um i feel like there's a new though you know when people thought it brick and mortar died I, and i agree when you know you know when you look at all of these different ways of how things are moving and i think that brick and mortar actually found a, a new role and that role is to sort of focus more on you know less on moving inventory and stocking and all of that stuff and then more of communicating brand values and sort of maybe collecting customer data and all of these things, personalized product experiences. So I feel like 
as much as we think pop-up is popping up like to a point where it's going to blind brick and mortar i don't think mm-hmm. brick and mortar is going to die i think that brick and mortar actually has a more solid foundation in the sense that their customer database is stronger they the way that they've decided to sort of spend more time communicating brand values is all those are foundation things you know where when the wind and the storm comes pop-up will blow Mm. a brick and mortar that has spent a lot of time because and i think it's about reinventing uh our ways you shouldn't feel stuck i don't think that if you're brick and mortar and there's no other thing you do i mean come on get on get on the digital platform though i mean come on that's just Mm. common sense that's not so common anymore but i think that there's ways to still strengthen whatever it is that you have because there is a there is a following there is a database there's people who will continue buying i mean if you're if you're a brick and mortar store and you've been selling surely you have a database and mm-hmm. if you spend more time instead of trying to compete with pop-up shops of looking confused if you spend more time sort of uh, finessing your foundation like what i just mentioned then i think you should be fine i think as a brick and mortar and it means that when a storm comes or when anything changes and you know right now we are operating on trends things are coming and going People are excited about something today, tomorrow. We don't know what the future of pop-up shops will be. Next month, there might be something else called put your brand on the tree. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Next one might be get into a van. And, I don't know. Next thing, we'll be having fashion tours where you sit in a, get a caravan, get a bus or a caravan and go around different states with your clothes. I don't know. Whatever it's going to be because I can't keep up with how things are how the, everything is evolving. But, uh, G, thanks for that. I think that's, um, this is a very good uh, food for thought. It's good to stir up our minds a bit and also just for us to be able to figure out what's really happening and stuff. But we're going to continue talking about it as we go. Um, I would like to take a quick music break and we'll be right back with uh, Echoes from Europe. You are tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio here on Massive Metro where we hold it down every Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. Central African time. And we are on fashionlabafrica.com. That's where you can come and catch up with some of the shows that you missed. Uh, we are talking and just dissecting the conversation around the rise of pop-up economy. It's very complicated, but not too complicated. Nothing is too complicated. We just have to talk about these things and pack. So we definitely would love to hear from you, share your thoughts with us. And uh, yes, as we continue, welcome Francisca uh, with your echoes from Europe. We'd love to touch, get you know, sort of get a feel of what you're thinking around this conversation. Echoes from Europe with Francesca Marzilli. So Francisca, as much as I feel like we are literally losing touch with the ground and somehow everyone seems to be relocating onto whatever moving fad they can actually jump on, what would be your response to the rapid rise of the pop-up retail? Well, uh... We're living the thrill of a still new technology that is settling more and more in our lives, that allows us to see and talk to each other uh, from uh, uh, every part of the planet, but also to buy something while preparing dinner or to answer to a questionnaire shaving in the morning. So this is just to say that despite our human nature is not programmed to be simultaneously multitasked, we're getting used to this. And uh, uh, the pop-up logic is in our day-to-day uh, for everything. Then uh, why shouldn't it be for spaces management? And how would you say it has affected uh, traditional retail? Well, as a brand, pop-up is already in my DNA. Because working bespoke, for me, means to reach the customer and uh, attend her. 
perhaps uh, I spend uh, one afternoon taking a coffee at her place and having a chat, uh, chat about the ceremony she's going to participate and uh, the most appropriate looks for her uh, or, uh, or uh, in another uh, way to go to her working place and making fastly trials, uh, closing the office, uh, Kishnet to have the definite uh, okay before delivering. So uh, there are many differences to work with uh, M2, M2, MTM. In my case, in my circumstance, um, and uh, the only, uh, but, but uh, always uh, in a pop-up logic. I mostly go uh, go to the to the customer place. Uh, it's rare that a customer comes to my office. The only part that for me uh, cannot fit in the pop-up logic is the production because uh, it's uh, uh, completely handmade and uh, has to be done by experts hands. So I cannot delegate to uh, sewers uh, or uh, artisans uh, everywhere. I, I need to, to have my trusted ones. So Francisca, we obviously know that you wear uh, a few hats. Now, how have you as a brand or as a fashion consultant adapted to the rise of the pop-up economy? As fashion consultant, I also uh, already work in a pop-up dynamic. Uh, fashion world today is uh, so competitive and so full of options that uh, pop-up logic cannot be only intended as a local matter, but also as a time management matter. If I understand that my customer, for instance, has a large family and cannot move easily from home, I don't wait for the time uh, he or she will come at my office. I go and reach her or him at her place, even uh, if, it, if this means to travel in other countries and spend uh, uh, holidays uh, with the, the both family, with the both families, uh, mine and the customer ones. Just a recommendation, I, I, I do do this only if invited, <laughs> because it, it otherwise uh, this, uh, this uh, can, uh, can be your end <laughs> as, uh, as a consultant. I already spent uh, uh, amazing New Year's Eve uh, in fantastic places with wonderful people for this reason. And uh, let me tell you, Liz, uh, when I lecture, I often deal with lazy students that don't like to go out from their comfort zone. And I feel so pity for them because they miss so many opportunities. So here, follow my so, here follows my tip, especially f to you. Uh, young people, move from your desks, from your laptops, and be pop-up. This is my recommendation. Well, it's been really good having these conversations. Now, where do you see the future of the pop-up economy or sort of culture, uh, specifically in Europe? And uh, where do you see it transcending to? Where do you see it going uh, from a global perspective? In Europe, uh, despite highly uh, fragmented, uh, reality of pop-up so stores is limited to the, to the lowest segment of the market or to the end of the stocks, mainly. Of course, uh, uh, brick-and-mortar commerce uh, is uh, suffering a lot, uh, and especially in the provinces. 
uh, far from the capitals, uh, is more and more difficult to have a traditional store because of the fixed costs and the high risk you take uh, to, to fill a shop without uh, forecasting clearly the selling up performances. The interesting thing I'm observing in, um, that is uh, more and more tra um, common that uh, uh, traditional shops are creating pop-ups campaign on the socials uh, to promote and push the sales. In this, I see a possible sustainable solution for them and uh, if uh, we'll manage it, manage it also on the long term. So the catastrophic forecasts are, um, are far somehow also from the brick and mortar commerce. Now, um, with a brand that you represent, um, either as a fashion consultant or you personally as a fashion brand, are you popping up anywhere soon? You know, where, why, for how long? Can we expect to see something? <laughs> uh, this is... Uh... This is a question. It's a it's a it's a difficult question to answer too because um, is uh, globally especially is very difficult to make a forecast. The only thing I see is that human being will be more and more used, and let's say is also spoiled by social and technological uh, tools, up to the point to be bored of them. And exactly because when we talk about fashion, we are talking about constant innovation and aiming the, to what's best and cool. In future, I see the return of traditional commerce and manufacturing like the brand new trending wave of the market. Of course, uh, uh, not like it was before, but somehow reinvented, let's say so. If you take a look at the highest brand, they are already suggesting this. Uh, with the bespoke haute couture, uh, uh, private and exclusive uh, lines, uh, collections, uh, capsules, that you can achieve uh, going to a flagship or in a multi-brand store, taking your measurements and uh, pick up uh, your MTM garment one week later. Listen what Maria from Lisbon has to tell us about it. Hi there, my name is Maria, I'm living in Lisbon and I work as a senior controller. To be honest, to answer to your question, I'm a very traditional shopper and I don't particularly like pop-up stores um, unless they are selling something that uh, really strikes me and attracts my attention. Otherwise, I usually go to my usual brand shops where um, I know where things are and where I can find what I like and what I need. Thank you. Bye. As we continue with the focus around uh, the rise of the pop-up economy, uh, there is no doubt that pop-up shops are not going anywhere. And I think the sooner we adapt to this sort of trend, the better it might be for some of us. I came across a very um, interesting article around uh, brick and mortar trends with an emphasis on the future of pop-ups with a focus on uh, a couple of sort of light topics. So you think about pop-up shops in shopping malls, you think about pop-up shops in department stores, you think about digital pop-up shops, which is one of the very interesting ones for me. And uh, just sort of how the, uh, you know, how you work this digital real estate today. And then you also have uh, just budgeting and being able to get your brand in front of consumers. So there are lots of uh, conversations around this topic. And here is what Scaling Retail have to share about this. 
2019 pop-up shop strategies. Hey guys, it's Shama Maher, CEO of Scaling Retail. And this year, going into 2019, we've gotta be on the lookout for how we're integrating pop-up shops in a new way. Used to be that pop-up shops were something that we did when we saw empty storefronts. And guys, in the last three years, it's really taken over the majority of new experiential marketing budgets. But what does this mean for 2019? Where is this going? Well, companies like the Boston Seaport Properties, as well as other real estate developers, have been opening up more modular, pop-up friendly retail malls. The current, which is going to be launching in 2019 in Boston, is an example of nine contiguous pop-ups are going to be rotating, selling different products from different kinds of companies, and it's going to be evolving over time. We have also kinds of mall platforms like The Row in downtown LA, as well as Platform in Culver City, both in California, also great examples of having physically owned retail storefront spaces combined with pop-up shop models. So we know this trend is not going anywhere. Consumers are being driven to these malls, are being driven to these storefronts for newness, they're buying new products, they're being exposed to other kinds of brands, as well as different food and lifestyle options. Now, what else is going on with pop-ups? We're seeing larger department stores like Bloomingdale start to enact concepts that have rotating storefronts where they're now doing much deeper collaborations with a lot of their brands in order to have things that are not just in store, but showing up on the front lines in their windows. This is really awesome because these rotating options are being rolled out by Lord & Taylor. We're seeing Saks do things that are similar. And guys, these kinds of pop-up shop and in-store shop and shop opportunities are amazing ways for brands to be able to collaborate and get more visibility in store. And lastly, we're seeing a lot of pop-ups that are now happening, not just in store, but also digitally. So for example, Tiffany's in an effort to really launch and scale in their Chinese marketplace, they did a really great collaboration with Tmall. So Tmall is the higher end luxury website that a lot of Chinese consumers go to to get exposure to a lot of international and domestic brands as well as local luxury companies. And what did they do here? Well, Tiffany's launched a two week digital pop-up shop where, brands, where their brands were able to showcase all their offerings for their new paper flower collection. Customers were able to purchase, have a really amazing digital VR, AR experience. And that really transitioned into when that went live in the physical brick and mortar space. So now we have this concept of a digital pop-up shop. Barney's also recently announced that they were going to be doing a digital trunk show and pop-up opportunity where they're going to be featuring different brands and showcasing trunk shows, selling them exclusively on their websites for short periods of time. So guys, this pop-up shop concept is not just taking over a physical space, but it's actually merging also into how we look at digital real estate. Very, very important and interesting. So enterprise businesses. What does this mean for you? Well, obviously you need to lay your stake into what happens in terms of the physical storefront experience. It's time to go modular. It's time to look at reaching out to different key markets nationally and finding really great opportunities to really have a strong brand footprint. So you've got to think about physical space. It has to be a much larger part of a distribution strategy, not just a marketing strategy and a marketing spend. Growth stage companies. You need to be thinking about doing digital events as well as doing in-store events. Perhaps you have longer um, opportunities where you can do stuff online, so maybe a longer pop-up shop or a longer trunk show, and you start to look for smaller spaces where you can do physical, experiential stuff. Very, very important. 
this needs to not just be something you think of as an afterthought, but it needs to be a big part of how you choose your direct-to-consumer strategy for 2019. Startups. This means we need to rethink your budgets. Now, most of the time startups, you're thinking, hey, I can just have a direct-to-consumer brand online. I don't really need to think about experiential. I need to think about that physical space. But you are wrong. As a startup brand and being in that direct-to-consumer space, the best and the brightest direct-to-consumer businesses are all focusing on experiential and they're all focusing with that customer connection. So as you're looking to plan your budgets, you may need to look at reallocating a spend. You may need to look at your budget actually from a customer centric perspective. What are you doing to really reach them? All right, guys, good luck with planning your experiential, your pop-up shop strategies. If you need help executing on a digital side, on the in-store side, please send us an email at hello at scalingretail.com. We love creating memorable and winning customer experiences. And honestly, guys, that is what 2019 is all about. So here are our Fashion Lab top three for today, and this is around pop-ups. Uh, the first uh, number one would be building brand awareness or building brand hype and exposure. The second top three is test market products or services with key consumers. The last uh, or the third point would be provide an opportunity for experiential retail. Those are our three top three top three around pop-up shops. Now we are moving on to another really cool segment. At least I get to get my tips here and know what it is that I need to do. If it's not kombucha this week, it is glamish with Zakia Bam. Zakia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you for joining us. You look stunning again, but like enough now, enough said. I just want to know what you're wearing. No, I already know what you're wearing. I just want you to take us into that whole what you're wearing makeup thing and whatever else and whatever else you want to share with us today yes um okay so for today i was going to talk about pop-ups but that's okay i do love pop-ups i think it's amazing i think with technology um it has changed our way the way we connect with people and the way we interact with people we are interacting less so pop-ups are great it's a way for you to feel the products it's a way for you to touch the products you'll be able to know whether it will work with your skin tone um you'll be able to see the way it reflects off your skin um, it also gives you a chance to see what the brand stands for, their promises, um, and the values that they stand for. Um, I love the fact when it comes to beauty pop-ups that they have uh, personalized photo shoots, they have products or chances to try on, and um, basically products that are only available at that pop-up, which makes it a little bit more exclusive. Exclusive, and mm. I love that. I love, that too. I love exclusive things. Mm. Um, so that is my, uh, just my little two cents on pop-ups. Um, is there anything you would like to know about today, Liz? Are you kidding me? Is that it, Zakia? Zakia, yeah, <laughs> you, you guys you, made you such amazing <laughs> points, honestly. I, I <laughs> yeah, but from a beauty, a beauty yes. perspective, we could have wanted to hear more, but okay, fine. Edgy, how are you feeling? Do you want to ask her a question <laughs> or two? Because like... She's now cheating us. You know, these people who come and you pay them for the full show and then like <laughs> in, two, in three minutes, they finish the music. They're now done. They're doing the, the finale, talking about one more, one more. No, one more is like in like freaking an hour. Yeah. So let's just say that Zakia was quick on her draw today. So we, we'll take it. We're okay. <laughs> Edgy is the wrong person to ask this question. Okay. Zakia. You know, um, I'm, I'm feeling Zakia today. So I can't, she can't do wrong it. 
today with me. Thank you, AJ. So my question is, Akia, would yes. you say from a beauty perspective, and let's be real now, right. from a beauty uh, perspective based on your industry, would you say that the pop-up option is also something that you would consider or would you rather have, like if you are a person who was maybe, uh, as much as you're a brand, you probably also have products. Yes. Would you like or would you find that it would make more business sense for you to actually pop up or would you rather have a permanent um, sort of brick and mortar space where your clientele can actually find you in? What do you think is more powerful for you and for the cosmetic? Um, As a brand. Well, at the moment, the makeup industry is booming. Um, the beauty industry, it's, it's everywhere. So I would say, personally, I would do a pop-up to see how, how I would market in a certain area. Um, in South Africa at the moment, personally, I think the market is still really growing. It's still really backwards. Eh? Me- meaning that what? Rather stick to your brick and mortar little corner or like pop up? What would you pop up or stick in a corner? I would. I would definitely pop up, eh? So but can with I say a strong some- brain? Like you know, for me, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot about ethics. It's about knowing where your products are coming from, how it's made. Um, the packaging, you know, it's it's everything to do with it. Because I mean, now at the, you know, it's as we said, it's all about exclusivity and about having a brand or having something that people will talk about and people will want to use again. Um, there's so many brands out there that are basically buying off Alibaba Express, you know, and I mean they, I mean you can buy all your things custom made and be sent to you. But I mean it's coming from China. So well, everything comes from China, but like, okay, <laughs> you know, it just depends on how much you pay for it. But my thing also, yes. Zakia, is my concern as a fas- as a consumer, from a consumer perspective, right. who's very snob and also who's very like, when I find something I like, so I'm very, I'm the person who will use the same product for a hundred years, I promise right. you, because if it works, because it's a good brand, yes, yes, and I will, then I'm like, you know, I'm a very brand loyal person. But my thing is, if I wanted something, for example, when I was in New York, um, I realized that I left my face powder right. and I just almost had a panic attack and I remembered actually I use Iman and Iman is actually more available in the US than here so I was like okay fine let me go buy this powder go to the things every shop I walked into they didn't have it every shop I walked I was like I want Iman they're like no but we have what I walked into Sephora I walked into a couple of places and I got so tired and I was so frustrated and every time I walked into places and I would get tired I would buy a product based on the fact that I need the powder. Yes. Not that it's the one I wanted. Yes. They don't have what I want. Right. And I collected about six tins of face powder. I know. Are you serious? And all those six, because I kept on saying, I'm sure, okay, it's not the one I was looking for, but it will work. It yes. just did not work. It did was you wrong. try them on the or not? Yes, I would try a bit on my hand, but I don't have time to try things. So I'm just mm. like, okay, I'll try a bit on my hand. Then they'll be like, yeah, it's really good. What? Yes. So what happened is at the end of everything, I walked into a CVS right. of all places mm-hmm. and actually just said, do you guys carry the brand? They're like, yeah, I think we should have a few left on the shelf. Right. It's been discontinued, but we have, a, I was like, walked to the shelf, $15, got that face powder right. and that was it. That's okay. what I needed. Five powders or six later. Okay. So the reason I'm bringing <laughs> this up is because I am sh- sure there's people like me who don't want to walk around. If you have a pop-up and you're selling a makeup or cosmetic brand, I will not come. Because my loyalty is with certain brands. And the certain brands, I know like with Smashbox, I'll get it in Woolworths. I'll go to Rosebank, I know exactly where to go, get my Smashbox and go. 
uh, with a pop-up, you don't know which brands, first of all. You know, with a pop-up, you, it's also about experiencing new things. It's about adventure. It's about, you know. But my thing is, when you know what you want and you don't have time and you don't, like me, yes, I will not go to a pop-up. I will go okay. to a place that I, I would rather go to a place that's in the corner and whether they're empty or not, I don't care. I just know that they have what I want so that it's one stop. I'm saved from my from moving around and trying the wrong things and I'm not interested in trying. I already have something that works. So I'm okay. not even, yeah. Okay, you like what you have. Yes, but yes. the moving around is the tricky part. The people who move around are probably makeup. Like if if they, if you had a, if you had a cosmetic pop-up shop. Right. That you just popped up, pop-up, pop-up. I think the people who would be coming to your shop would be people who are more experimental. Right. They are probably makeup junkies a bit. Yes. Because why are you moving? Why are you going to that pop-up shop when you know that the brand that you use is this, this, and that? What if they don't have? But it's more about. It's more about. Okay, firstly, Liz, you do not test face powders on your hand. (laughs) I know you're supposed to try it on your face. I had to tell you that I'm so sorry. But um, you cannot try makeup on your hand. You've well, got that's to try what they all face. do in Europe, yes. in the US, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I would say, number one, exclusivity. Because, I mean, if your product is only available at certain launches, people want to see it. I mean, for me, as I said personally, I wouldn't buy a product online without trying it. And I also wouldn't go to a pop-up shop and buy a product that I don't know. Yes? I wouldn't. Okay. And I don't care if you make me try it. I need... I am, I'm just... You know, the thing is, like, even with an eyeshadow, like, for me personally, eyeshadows are a big problem. Um, I've got very sensitive eyes, so I've got to be so careful with the eyeshadows that I use. There's, not, there's most brands that I can't use because the minute I put it on my eyes, my eyes will either turn bloodshot red or they'll literally water yeah. the entire day. True, there's this. So, for me personally, if a pop-up comes and the products are there, I would, uh, instead of going online and purchasing the product, I will go to that pop-up. And I will try it on before I purchase it. So that's for me personally. Yeah. So for me, if you, you see like you do my face. So guys, okay. um, Zakia also does my face for a lot of stuff. So when she uses, for example, her uh, Temp2 uh, airbrush machine, if you say to me, Liz, buy it, I, I can buy it. You know, yes. I can just say I'll buy it because you've used it on my face so many times. Trying on something in a trial Cosmetics are so different from clothes. It's very different, yes. So that's what I'm saying. Yes. Our pop-up experiences with fashion, edgy, are so different from something that you have to apply on your skin. What if we are, if it reacts in 24 hours? What if you, mm-hmm. you know, mm. you, you, and it's so funny because for me, I'm a, I am just, I'm a hot mess when it comes to, that's why I'm no longer trying. Don't send me anything, guys. Do not send me your links <laughs> with your things, okay? I don't want, especially if it's going on my skin. I already know what works for my skin. Is when you try something, sometimes you try it, it's fine. Yes. I go home, I try this thing, I'm like, no. Even sometimes I try it on my face, I'm like, okay, it feels fine. So I'm not interested in trying anymore. I am 40-something, honey. Foxy 40, fabulous 40s. I am not trying anything unless I know it. And if I know it, it means that, for example, if edgy clothes are different, but if you have put or used something on my skin, as once or twice and I, I know and you that, know the yes, brand yes that, for me that's a sale okay okay definitely so maybe your pop-ups should be more of maybe when it comes to cosmetics maybe my two cents is if you had a pop-up that meant come get a free makeover I mean I know that people take advantage of that okay. but it helps people feel the product has feel to be felt and it needs shine. to last yes you can't just say oh I tried the lipstick on I'll buy it you'll realize you can't wear it again in two days yes. now what do you do so what's your parting shot on this topic? I love pop-ups. 
I think they're amazing. What do you, I love the what do you advise to them, to the people who are listening? I would say if it comes to buying products, I would say definitely instead of buying and ordering a product online first, go to a pop-up. Try the products. Put it on your skin. See what it feels like. Um, it's not just about having the newest brands and the newest products all the time. That's all. Mm. Mm. And it, does it have to be just a pop-up or it can also be a Woolworths? It can be a Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but or I mean, but you know, that's the thing. With the pop-up, it's about that exclusivity. For, for me, that's the scariest yeah? part. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so traditional in my cosmetic way of shopping that I'm yes. like, no, I know the brand, so where is it? I Google to see where will I find this brand, not where will I find an activation? Then I can find a brand. No, I do it the other way around. Okay. I'm like, where? If it can be a pop-up if it has that brand, but I'm not even playing. Yes. But guys, this is Zakia Bam with her glamish, and that's how she comes, you know? And sometimes she's shy, sometimes she's very expressive, but, you know, it depends on what day you just catch her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> guys, we are moving on to the wine style guide, and uh, this is wine style guide. It's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by... Liz Ogunga Wines. All right, guys. Edgy, what's your wine style guide? My wine style guide today would be, I want to learn how to, to, to drink wine the way Liz teaches it. I think that's my, so in a sense, as a guide, I'm learning to, I'm, I'm learning wine etiquette and I'm learning it from Liz. All right, thank you, Edgy. I will take you up on that. Your classes begin right after this show is over, okay? And make sure that you're on time. And make sure that you have 50% deposit. Otherwise, I will get the city junk things. I don't know which one I'm going to get. But anyway, it's my pleasure to show you a couple of tricks and tips. It's not even tricks. It's just wine etiquette. But anyway, guys, Francisca, what are you, what is your wine um, style guide today? My wine moment today goes to a uh, chilled pink portal but uh, also taken uh, in a wonderful terrace on the ocean, looking at the sunset. We are on the right moment of the day to do this. Ching ching. Now, my wine style guide for today is to actually sensitize you, the wine pourer, the wine host, on how to actually do this wine pouring thing. So two things you need to know, it's a two in one. The first thing to do is to always make sure that you, your glass is supposed to be slightly less than half on your goblet. So obviously, I'm assuming you have a long stock. It's not those heavy-duty glasses that if you hit Zakia's head, she's dead. <laughs> it's a very light, you know, it's very chic. It's a very sophisticated light goblet. It's got a long stock or a stem. I am not for stemless. And it's got a sort of wide, you know, sort of wide. So what happens is when you twirl the wine, when you need it to breathe and stuff like that, you have space and you also have that elegance. I feel like the stem or the stalk has always been something that makes just holding the wine so sophisticated and so chic. So the first thing is make sure it's slightly less than half of that. And then the second thing is make sure that when you're pouring your wine around the people around you, that you actually pour... Every time you refill a glass, because it kills me when I sit around people and their wine goes down and they grab the bottle, like the gentlemen or the boss ladies or the boss whatever they are, and they just go straight into their glass. That's just bad, guys. If you're doing that, you should go home and start drinking gin. I don't know what else they drink or beer. But if you want to actually, yes, but if you want to actually drink wine and you claim that you love wine, 
please treat it with some TLC, okay? So what you need to do is every time you top your glass, I don't care if my glass is in the same position you left it. Always top everybody else. Everybody. Everybody and their mom too, okay? And then you come back to yours. You're last. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Finished. That's the wine style guy today. If nothing else, remember that. <laughs> or go drink gin. Ooh, would you want a dress? <laughs> All right, we're going to start with Zakia on the Who Would You Want a Dress? And why today? Today I would want to dress you, Liz. Me? Honestly, yes. <laughs> when? It's been on my mind for a couple of weeks okay. now. I would okay. definitely want to dress you. I think you are such a fireball of energy. Oh, thank you. Um... You have the most amazing freaking legs that go on forever. <laughs> God gave me. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think you are such an inspiration. You are, honestly, I admire you. So oh. I would definitely want to address you. Aww. Guys, for anyone else who admires me, could you just... Adli- no, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Don't send me anything. Thank you. I'm flattered. I'm actually humbled. I do get humbled, you know. Ask Edgy. <laughs> Edgy, you can't dress. You can't dress less today. <laughs> I stole her. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? There's an awkward silence in the room. Because <laughs> you was gonna I say stole you. my thunder. I was gonna dress you. Edgy, Edgy, yeah. Edgy, 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 Edgy. Who would yeah. you want to dress I... and why? It's not me. It's not Zakia. Like, it's not Francisca. And it's not you. There's a reason about. There's a reason why you do these things, right? It's not like you just pull someone out of the clouds and dress them. Okay, Edgy. I wanted to dress you in my new collection because I really want you to love this collection. And the only way I can do it is put you in it. You know? Edgy. <laughs> Unless you care about my life or not. Do you care about my life? Do you want me I to be I care alive? about your life. In a world of about... 7.7 billion people, this world, you can want to dress me every week. Mine revolves around leaves. No, uh, Edgy. <laughs> okay, who would you want to dress and why, Edgy? You're now killing us, okay? And you're going to kill us and send us to a grave when we're not ready. How, who? Well, All right, guys. I, who, today, who sorry. To today, on behalf of Edgy, I'm speaking on Edgy's voice and then I'll speak on mine. Hi, guys. Today, <laughs> I would like to dress um, my auntie. And I want to dress her because she's very cool and uh, she would look really good in my city jack heels, okay? <laughs> All right, thank you. Actually, that was pretty close. Okay, thank you. And then today, okay, Edgy, your turn is finished. Edgy, your turn is finished. Francisca, okay. who would you want to dress today? <laughs> today, I would like to dress in style. Mm-hmm. Bling, bling, bling. The Boris Johnson. Don't ask me why, because I won't tell you. Okay, cool. Today, I want to dress Jasmine Sullivan. And I want to dress her because, first of all, I love her voice. She's a, an American singer-songwriter, for those who don't know. She's from Philly. But she's really, like, soul, the essence of soul in so many ways. I want to dress her because she's very curvaceous. She's a curvy woman. But she's such a beautiful voice. And what I love about cur- curvaceous women or curvy women... Some of them, not all of them. Like, I like Jill Scott's curves, and I like her curves because her curves do not over... She's not over... 
Her calves do not overwhelm me. Like I see her and I hear her before I see her calves, you know? So I think it's about how women dress that puts you in a position where when you look at a woman and she's curvaceous and you listen you can listen to her and not, you know, and then I can only see her body after. That means that she's she is bigger than her body. You know, bigger in a in a in a in a in a can you guys help me here? I'm losing words. Oh, I see. No, when, when you're a beautiful soul and your soul is is bigger than, you know, than your physical, yeah. then it means that, you know, you're not in a little spandex. You know, why? Why? Okay, I don't want to be killed, but do not kill me because it's not my fault. Why are some of these women in, like, the most little, smallest, like, spandex, like, polyester spandex dresses? Why? Like, can we look at our bodies and then, like, sort of understand what your body curves sort of say and then like dress accordingly accordingly because anyway so i want to dress jasmine and the rest of this conversation we can have it offline for those who want to bash me come bash me offline as well Let's take it outside but that is the truth Ruth, yeah. and that's my story and i'm sticking to it but this is a, a fashion lab this is where we hold it down uh this is where we dissect the business behind fashion we're very passionate about this we've been doing this for almost five years now five years plus yes we love it and we are still going strong edgy thank you for your insights um zakia you've been amazing uh you're freestyling but we're gonna have to put you in the corner once in a while so that we get the best out of you (laughs) and uh francisca thank you for also joining us uh for our special guests who are joining who have joined us as well thank you very much and uh i think we just need to do a round uh quick round around um last tips last call for not alcohol, but like last round. Pop-ups. Yeah, pop-ups. What, what is your, what's your two cents? Anyone last, last parting shots to just share with our listeners before we part? No, what I would say is that in terms of pop-ups, they, they are not so far away from your trunk shows. So for designers, I think within your area, you're always going to find a store that can collaborate with you and you can do a pop-up or a trunk show with them. Honey, it's, you, sound, it, you make it, it sound so easy, Edgy, but okay, no. But, it's it's, well, hmm. if we want it enough, I'm sure we'll find a way. It doesn't yes. have to be like big or small, True. big, in any way that it, it can do it. True. But it's good to bring your product and yourself to people. Thank you. Francisca, any parting shots? Zakia, parting shots? Mm. I think pop-ups are great for interaction, which allows retailers to address concerns on the spot like you did, like you brought up. So okay. So you think those only happen in the pop-ups, not in the brick and mortar? Because you know I can ask the same question in a shop, yeah, even, but in the, even in the airplane. But people are, are, more, are more skeptical to ask in a shop. Like a lot of people, like how you were saying, you went to six stores and you bought six different powders and you left with because them. Because there's no specialization. They say they have specialists, but I'm like, the specialists don't even know what they have in stock. They're like, yes. we don't have it anymore. I'm like, see, I found one. <laughs> anyway, guys, <laughs> this is Fashion Lab. I think that um, for the conversations that have been going on, I hope that you've been able to pick something out of this conversation. Uh, the pop-up uh, economy is definitely on the rise. Uh, I feel like we've literally been, um, I feel like we're internally displaced citizens these days where you just carry your clothes and wherever you are, you can pop up in Tokyo, pop up in New York, pop up anywhere and just continue. So I think it's again about being able to be, you know, in this game, you've got to be disruptive. And you also got to go and go, you got to go with the flow. I say only dead, sh- dead fish go with the flow, but I'm telling you right now, sometimes you got to go with the flow like dead fish. 
but it is up to you to decide what works for your business, what works for your brand, and then figure out what to do. The information, all we are doing right now in, in Fashion Lab is we share information, we have these conversations, and then for you as the person who's listening in however, whatever capacity, you can decide what to do with this information. Really, it's up to you. But otherwise, <laughs> it is peace and love. Thank you to our contributors. Thank you to our special guests. Until next week, it is two rooms. Thank you. Thank you.